0: Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Let's Talk TV Live on the Blog Critics Radio Network. This is Barbara Barnett, your host. I'm publisher and executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, as well as being the TV and film editor. And I usually, uh, we've been off the air for a while. It's been sort of summer hiatus and a very busy time. Came, popped on for just a, a little bit. Um, right during Comic-Con to uh, talk about Comic-Con and thank you for all the hits and listens that we had for that and uh, Jimmy and um, Chrissy uh, talked about True Blood through the summer and now I'm back to talk about primetime. Time um, and normally I would be joined by both uh, Jerome Wetzel TV and by Chrissy um, our heart radio and um, Uh, Neither of them are with me tonight. This is an odd night for me to be on the air. Usually the show airs on Monday nights, but we couldn't do that this week. So um, I decided to air on Sunday night. Um, And again, kind of an odd time because the West Coast viewing of Once Upon a Time hasn't started yet. And the East Coast time has been over for an hour. So um, don't know who's out there uh, listening in. I hope you all are. And I know there's a ton of live tweeting going on tonight by the stars and creators of the show, and people don't want to miss that. So um, we will, uh, we will uh, start the show, and we'll, we'll talk about Once Upon a Time. I want to catch you up also on lots of other things that I've been watching and writing about and will be writing about over the next, uh, you know, the, the rest of the year, um, in addition to Once Upon a Time. And um, an interview that I've got posted tomorrow, we'll be posting tomorrow. um, Also on ABC following um, Once Upon a Time is Resurrection. And I happen to have an opportunity to interview all the stars of Resurrection uh, over the summer uh, at Comic-Con. And I'll be um, publishing those interviews over the next few days. But, very excited. I had a chance to talk to Samara Armstrong who is also on Resurrection and um, I had a one-on-one with her last week and I am going to be posting that interview with her tomorrow. So um, that's coming up and she's also agreed to on this show. So if you're a Resurrection fan, um, stay tuned to news about when she will appear on our Let's Talk TV show. Um, We've moved our location. We were um, on Let's Talk TV's own little network. But Blog Critics has long had a uh, blo- uh, a radio network and thought it would be prudent at, to merge the two. Um, since I am now one of the two owners of Blog Critics and publishers of Blog Critics, we thought we would merge everything together. Um, coming up on Blog Critics over the next couple of months, please look for um, shows about books, about music, about movies, um, pop culture, even politics. So um, we're going to launch a bunch of different shows of varying lengths over the next uh, few months, and uh, so keep an eye on that. Um, feel free to call into the show always. The number is 646-595-3195 to talk about any of the shows that um you like um, what is the new primetime season looking for you? Looking like for you? What are you watching? What are you avoiding? What have you miss are missing? I'm gonna kind of go through um, what I was watching, what I've been watching over the summer, and um, what you might have missed uh, over the summer. We we've been watching Ray Donovan. That's been must see TV for us, um, and uh, it is on as we speak. I think the season finale. Um, if it didn't air now, I can't remember if it aired last week or not. Um, but Ray Donovan, um, uh, the strain, which is Guillermo del Toro's wonderfully produced virus slash monster slash vampire legend show. Um, and I interviewed, uh, Guillermo over the summer along with some of the other stars and did a great one-on-one interview a few weeks ago with, David Bradley, who is also in Game of Thrones and was in Broadchurch and whose face is very, very familiar um, as being in Harry Potter and Hot Fuzz and uh, a very distinguished British actor. And um, I posted on Blog Critics uh, an interview with him a couple of weeks ago. So be sure to check that out. Um, I am looking forward To a lot of shows that are going to be on this fall, Gotham, if any of you guys have seen Gotham, um, it's very promising. And I'm going to enjoy following that and uh, look for a review of that over the next few weeks. This is an extraordinarily busy time for me outside of Blog Critics as it is my holiday season and in my other professional life aside from writing about TV. Um, this is an extraordinarily busy few weeks for me. Um, so I'm gonna kinda get more back into the swing of it after the Jewish holidays are over uh in another week or so. So um so I'll be writing about Gotham, um, Broadchurch, sorry, not Broadchurch, my bad, Grace Point, which is the American remake of BBC's Broadchurch, both of which star David Tennant um and i will have much to say about that um in a review that i will post in the next week or so um i have seen all but the finale i think i've seen 7 episodes of that and i am um very uh very excited to share my thoughts with it uh with you if you have not seen broad church um i think grace point is going to be great for you to watch um, if you've seen Broadchurch, it's going to be seeming to you like a little bit of a retread. Hey, Katie. And hey, Karis tonight, both in the chat room this evening. Um, and, uh, I will be posting as shows come back on the air. I did a ton of interviews at Comic-Con and, um, as shows come back on the air, I'll be posting my interviews. Uh, I'll be posting my resurrection interviews this week. Um, I'll be posting when Hannibal comes back on the air. Um, I'll be posting my Hannibal interviews that I did. Um, at um, I will be doing, I, I posted um, my interview that I did with Howard Gordon. I think I only posted a little bit of the interview I did with Howard Gordon about uh, legends. I will be posting um, my dig is coming up shortly. Jason Isaacs series that will be on, um, on USA, uh, and and I did an interview with Gideon Rath and some of the other people in it. But I'll be posting more of my Legends interviews over the next few weeks. Um, If you're not watching Legends, which is on TNT and Stars, Sean Bean, um, it started out looking like a typical TNT procedural show. It has turned out to be anything but that. (laughs) Excuse me. It has turned out to be very intriguing, a little bit born identity, but um, it's really, I'm really quite excited about that. Um, Katie, yes, April or May for Hannibal season three. I know it's a ways away. Um, I know um, they will be shooting, I think I remember hearing starting in October. That's kind of what I was thinking. Was that? Now I can't remember. It all sort of blends in together. Um, Looking forward to Helix season two. I have some great interviews to post for that as well. Um, I will be posting. I don't think I'll wait till April or May to post my Hannibal interviews. But I will be doing an interview of the season two DVD set, which I have in the hopper and I haven't quite finished. So I'll be publishing those interviews the same week I I post the review of uh, the season two DVD set, Blu-ray DVD set. So lots of things on TV that I'm watching, lots of things I hope you're watching. What are you guys watching? Those of you who are in the chat room, feel free to call in 646-595-3195 to to chat with me. I'm all by myself here in the booth tonight. Um, So I'm only talking to myself. So talk to me either in the chat room or talk to me um, by calling in. You can Skype me as well. Um, Just hit the little Skype button if you are a subscriber to uh, Blog Talk Radio. Um, So what are you guys watching? Can you type me anything? No? So let's get right to it and talk a little bit about uh, this week's Once Upon a Time. Katie, Karis, what did you guys think of this week's Once Upon a Time season premiere? Katie says she's been watching the commentaries on the Hannibal Blu-ray yeah, pretty interesting. I, I'm really enjoying this. Lots of fun. Um, I remember when, um, I always love those commentaries. They always say, oh, only the geeks watch the comment, listen to the commentaries. But I find them to be really interesting. Um, one of the things I really liked about the Stargate Universe DVD set is there was a commentary for every single episode. And I really enjoyed listening to those. Um uh enjoyed very much uh listening to Hugh Dancy speaking his natural voice um on the commentary track and uh talking about creating the episode. Um intrig- it, it, very funny where, you know, it's like how many ways it, how many ways can one be emotive and do something while captured in a cell? Um and that was kind of insightful. It's true. I mean he spent um Graham spent much time in season two in a cage. Um, But yes. Um, So anyway, so let's talk about the once upon a time season premiere, raise your hand. If you've read my review, it doesn't have a lot of spoilers in it, but um, what'd y'all think? I was kind of, there were things I really, really, really liked about the season four premiere. And there were things that I thought were sort of meh. Um, I have to say, and, and I have a bias, and I admitted that bias right up front, beginning of the article. Um, I have a bias. Um, I don't didn't care for Frozen. It didn't do anything for me. Um, it struck me as very much a kid's movie. Nowhere as deep, say, as some of the real classics. Um, and other people would disagree with me. I've read tons of reviews, and almost everybody's, yeah, 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 frozen, 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 and I am not excited about it. Um, I think that Once Upon a Time has a huge cast, and um, adding more characters is going to take away time from our regular characters. And I think except perhaps for um, Lana Paria's scenes, uh, Regina's scenes, which were great. I loved seeing a new story thread for her. So I loved the reveal where um, she really had the opportunity, and this was my favorite part of the episode, I think, was when she really had the opportunity to kill Marion, she really did. All she would have had to do is walk away. And that big uh, marshmallow man from Ghostbusters ice monster guy um, could have easily would have easily killed her. And instead um, Regina had thought better of it and destroyed the monster and saved Marion's life. And to me that was really telling of how much Regina has grown. But she's come to the conclusion that killing Marion or letting her die isn't going to help her. And she wants to change the story. And I remember a favorite episode of the X-Files that was called Postmodern Prometheus. And um, at the end of the episode, Mulder did not like the way the story ended for the monster. And he said, I want the writer. I want to speak to the writer. And that's basically what Regina did at the um at the end of uh once upon a time she's like okay i know what we need to do we need to get the guy who wrote that storybook that has all of the happy endings only for the good guys and that to me signaled that we're going to see uh some of uh anne bailey come back uh who is pinocchio and um also played august um, the writer um, which would be great. I would love to see him. He's been on Ray Donovan. I don't know if you guys are watching Ray Donovan, but he's been on Ray Donovan. He's playing the sleaziest of sleaze bags ever. And um, really it would be fun to see him back on Once Upon a Time. So we'll see if that happens. But I really liked where Regina's story is going. Um, and I said so in my review. Um, I felt that Emma and Hook didn't, th- th- we didn't get a lot of growth there. We got a lot of the same kind of banter and people sort of called me on not talking a lot about that. It was like, okay, so people will watch it. Um, and they'll see it was, it's really not a lot of swan development. I, what I did like is Emma's scenes with, um, Regina. Um, of course, Regina blames Emma. For um her predicament of now losing her chance at happiness with Robin Hood, and so um Regina blames her, and of course, Emma is trying to you know convince Regina she shouldn't go back to her evil ways and and I really like that relationship <clears throat> between the two of them
1: <clears throat>
0: excuse me, and with um you know, trying to explain to Henry, you know, is is my mom going to go back to being the evil queen and she can't do it. She's not, she's come way too far. So I really like that. Um, You know, we have the new baby happening. um, And, uh, you know, a little bit, I love the little shout out to the fans, although I kind of think those little shout outs, can get a little tiresome after a while, but um, this little shout out to, um, to people who were like, why call him Prince Neil? Why not call him Prince Belfire? And it was kind of clever for them to actually have second thoughts about naming him Prince Neil and not Prince Belfire. So I thought that was kind of a, a cute moment between them. Um, talking about uh, the Rumple and Belle, I was, Pretty critical in my in my uh, review of the show, I was pretty critical of that, and and it's not to say I like those scenes. <clears throat> this is what happens when I talk to myself. <clears throat> I talk to myself and uh, I get hoarse. Um, I let, let, let me. I want to talk about three scenes, uh, Rumple scenes. The first one is the scene at Belfire's grave. Um, One of the things as a writer, I learned as a writer, is you show, you don't tell. You make it visual. You don't spend a page on exposition. And to me, on a television series, that's even more of a sin. As much as I love the poignant speech that Rumpel gave at Neil's graveside, it would have been better if we had a flashback, if we understood, if we could see what was driving that. I I just, I thought it seemed. Not you guys agree, disagree? Give me type at least, and and let me know what you think. Um, I just, as much as I love that speech, it just was really long, and um, I felt that it could have been handled better. But I'm not the writer of the episode. Um, I just thought it felt a little bit tacked in and uh, staged for the benefit of the audience, rather than organic organically growing out of uh rumples uh, angst. The scene with the honeymoon, I really like the the the, uh, the beautiful mansion. We've got their honeymoon, it's brand new in Storybrooke. Uh huh. Could that be connected to the frozen story? Probably, yes. Um and the ballroom scene in the honeymoon was lovely and magical and it was it was actually a recreation of the iconic scene in the animated feature Beauty and the Beast which to me is one of the most exquisite animated scenes ever made on film and i thought so when i saw it in the movies i thought so when i saw it on television the first time I thought so when I watched the Blu-ray disc of it. How gorgeous a scene that is. There's so much magic in it as that camera pans up and even though it's not 3D, you get this sense of 3D magical magic and realism at the same time. So they did that in the scene. It was absolutely a replay of that that, uh, scene in the animated film Beauty and the Beast. And I just thought it even though it was was real people, I thought it paled in comparison to it. I thought they could have done something different. Yes, I know they wanted to do a shout-out to the movie, but they could have done something different. And when I think back to the first season in Skin Deep, I think of how beautiful and poignant those scenes were. And I just found it to be, again, something staged and something a set piece and not we didn't that's all we got we didn't get a lot of character development from that like we did in regina's scene we got some character development now the whole thing with the dagger um now he's going to give the dagger back he does magic he's going to give the dagger back to Belle while she's frozen and again instead of us watching his angst and his reactions and his decision, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this the right way. I'm actually going to give it to her. I'm not going to be the coward about this. And I get that. And that was great. But again, he explained it. It's like you had a thought bubble above his head and you, he's, he's, he's talking to the audience. He's talking to himself, but he's talking to the audience. And, and I just, it's again, You can do so much more with seeing rather than explaining. So I don't know. Am I being overly harsh on those scenes? You guys aren't talking to me. You're just kind of sitting there and listening to me prattle on. Um, One of the things that people sort of called me on, and and a lot of people have read my review, I've had many more than 1,000 people have read um, my review of tonight's episode already. Uh, it's only been up not even a day. Um, and one of the things uh, on IMDb um, I'm being taken to task for is uh, complaining about Frozen in the first para- co- first three paragraphs. One of the things that sort of got me, and maybe, and, and I, you know, I say it's my bias. I, if you loved Frozen, you're going to love season four of Once Upon a Time. I did not love Frozen. Um, but I think um, what I what I heard when I, when I interviewed Adam and Eddie at Comic Con, and I asked them, and one of my big concerns is the Disney-fying, you know, that using that scene in um, Beauty and the Beast as the dance scene between Rumple and Belle, and really making it Disney when the animated feature that scene was so. Perfect. I mean, it was perfection, and you can't make that better. Um, doing that, um, so that's a lot of disnifying things, and, and playing the da 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 the Beauty and the Beast theme um, in the background. Eh, okay, whatever. Anyway, one of the things I asked Adam and Eddie at Comic Con was, do you do you think there's a danger of over disnifying? the show so that it appeals to the disney fans but what about the people who are not necessarily disney fans who are grown-ups and grown-ups love disney believe me i will you know i watch pixar stuff i watch tim burton i love an animated feature as much as anyone else um the disney classics i took my kids to see snow white when they were little my son who's now 23 said he would have he had nightmares for weeks after I took him to see um Snow White when it came back to the movie theaters um and um it those aren't kids' movies they're not children's. they're scary movies um so but is there a danger with making um the the show too much a family show and not? written with a a nuanced edge for the, for the grownups in the room and uh, not to say that us grownups don't care for fantasy. I love fantasy. I love the magic of once upon a time and I have loved it. Um, But is there a danger in that? And anyway, so one, so what Adam and Eddie said in response, they didn't really answer my question, but what they said was, We want to honor these beloved characters. So that really bothered me. And it's bothered me ever since they said it. Because how can characters in a movie that's a year old be beloved? Bambi is beloved. Snow White is beloved. Maleficent from the animated feature, in her evil way, she's beloved. The evil queen. She, you know these are these are iconic characters they are beloved characters that you want to handle with care and honor what they are if you're going to use those things from the Disney Canon to of course honor them and acknowledge them and and do what you want with them. but I can't see Elsa and Anna being beloved characters when I think of something being beloved is something that stood the test of time that has been around a long enough time so that even after it's, you know, that it's shelf life never goes away. I mean, Snow White was made in 1935, 1939, 1930. It's made in the 1930s. It is still timely. It is still beloved. Once Frozen's been around 10, 20 years and it's still, like, watched by millions of people and beloved, then you can call characters beloved. The characters on the Dick Van Dyke show, people, new generations get into them every day. Um, Lucy, you know, the Lucy show. Um, I was the second or third generation of people who watched that show. Those are beloved characters. Elsa. um, Yes. Katie says, the old Disney movies and characters are iconic. Absolutely. And I would actually include in that iconic. I mean, Belle, certainly Robin Williams' Genie in Aladdin is an iconic character, beloved. You know, that movie came out, what, 20 years ago? Um, That stood the test of time. Um, Sleeping Beauty has stood the test of time. Belle in Beauty and the Beast has stood the test of time. Ariel in The Little Mermaid. All of these characters have stood the test. Now, Pocahontas, you know, that was a good movie, but has she stood the test of time? Has that movie become one of those iconic movies? I don't think so. Um, So it's a real fine line. So, So it really bothered me that they called those characters... The Lion King, right. Oh, yes, absolutely, The Lion King. And I still cry watching The Lion King. And I still love um, listening to Jeremy Irons' voice growl. Um, Yes, Lion King, absolutely, absolutely. So I wouldn't call the characters in Frozen beloved. And I think that's where Adam and Eddie are coming from. They, I saw the movie. They have young kids. They took them to see this movie, and they got enamored of it. Probably in much the same way I got enamored of Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King taking my kids to see those movies. Um, but um, so that's why they brought Frozen in, and they've said that. So I, you know, I have a little bit of a bias. I, I just I, – I was I I thought and I know I'm probably the only uh, TV critic and I got just slammed on the IMDb board um, after people and and people were like, oh, my gosh, well, she's only about the rumbell and she's only about the rumble. And actually, most of my article was about the evil queen, but um, and not about rumble, rumbell. I there are certain things on the show I like and there are certain things on the show I'm less interested in. And if they're going to spend a great deal of this half of the season with frozen, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be, you know, I'll get, I'll start multitasking during the scenes. I don't like, Um, there have been many episodes of once upon a time, even last season where I felt on the edge of my seat. And I'm I'm looking for that again. Um, I always like to be on the edge of my seat. Katie says I have five nieces and nephews, so I have seen all the Disney P- Pixar etc. Well, I don't have little kids anymore, and but I've seen many of the Disney Pixar things. My husband and I rented um, Frozen at from when it was first on uh, pay per view. And, uh, on, on demand. Um, so we, I actually rented frozen because we wanted to see it. We like animated films. I can't wait. I'm, I'm really excited to see box trolls. Um, love all of, of, of his stuff. Coraline was great. Um, all the Tim Burton stuff is great. A lot of the Disney stuff is great. Um, and I really enjoy it. Um, you know, Toy Story. I've seen all the Toy Stories, and believe me, um, not seeing them with my kids anymore. <laughs> but you know, so I, I've seen. We've seen a lot of of things. So I, it's not that I dislike animated movies or that I dislike Disney. I can't wait to go to Disney again, once we have grandchildren old enough to go with. Uh, take them to Disney World, because uh, my husband refuses to go to Disney World or Disneyland again because we've been there several times when our kids were growing up. So I love the Disney thing. Um, so anyway, that's kind of my thoughts on this week's Once Upon a Time. Um, it's a lot. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to Katie a little bit. Hey, Katie, call in. 646-595-3195. Come on, call in. So I have someone other than myself to talk to. Um, I want to talk about... Um, since you're not asking me questions or disputing me, I'm going to go on to another show that I've gotten really excited about. And that is Legends. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Um, Legends is with Sean Bean, who plays um, FBI undercover agent Martin Odom, who is not who he appears to be, um, we think. And and we're seeing right now the beginnings of a cons- conspiracy sort of form. So Martin has this uncanny ability to so immerse himself into another role. He goes deep undercover and has all of these different personas that are well thought out and well-created. But, and his real self, quote unquote, is this guy named Martin Odom, who is Sean Bean with his Sean Bean accent, who, which is always lovely to listen to. Um, and, um, but we learn maybe he's not who he thinks he is. Cause there are these guys, theoretically he'd been in a, in a car accident in 2003. Um, <laughs> I'll comment on that in a minute, Katie. Um, uh, he apparently was in a car accident in 2003 and was in a coma and came out of it, but people have seen him now. But no, he wasn't in this accident. Apparently, he was in Iraq in 2003, and he's got these little flashes of memory. His memory is very bad about the, for that time period. So was he in Iraq or was he in the car accident? We're beginning to see little inklings that his wife may not be who she says she is that she's part of this conspiracy and this guy in the FBI who's at the head, he's part of this. But what's the conspiracy? We don't know. Who's Martin really? We don't know. Katie says, hopefully he doesn't die in this show. So I have to relate something funny from Comic-Con. So Howard Gordon, who created Legends, also created 24 and he walked out of the 24 panel. And came into the press room for legends and he sat down and he showed a, he pulled out his iPhone and he pulled out a, a picture of Kiefer Sutherland wearing a black t-shirt that says hashtag don't kill Sean Bean. Please don't kill Sean Bean. I now I can't remember. It says don't kill Sean Bean. Um, and um, I, I think that's what it said. Or please don't kill Sean Bean. Anyway, because everything that Sean Bean is in, he gets killed. He was in Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. He gets killed at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. He was Boromir. Killed at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. He's in Game of Thrones. He's he's Eddard Stark. He's killed at the end of the first season of Game of Thrones. So here we are in the first season of Legends. And hopefully he isn't killed at the end he won't be he won't be killed um at the end of Legends unless the show isn't renewed for a second season I don't know if it has been or not um so I'm I really encourage you the show is on Wednesday evenings. um and check it out on on demand if you get on demand um I'm intrigued it is not your typical TNT procedural um I watched another season of Perception, and it was so-so, on um, procedural stuff. Um, it's getting a little tiresome. However, in the finale, um, there was a huge explosion, and Daniel was in this house when it exploded, so we don't actually know what's going on. And I've got Taylor Karras on the line. And I'm going to bring him on. Heyo. Hey, how you?
1: How are you doing?
0: Fine. So here we are at the beginning of the fall prime time season. What's on your TV?
1: Well, right now is the premiere of the DAP episode of The Simpsons, where one theater will die. I'm currently half that set to record. I'm in the Pacific Time Zone, by the way.
0: Okay. Okay, so Simpsons isn't going to be on too much longer, eh?
1: Hey, yeah, probably.
0: Also Definitely. on my radar
1: is Gotham, Latin. Gotham.
0: So what did you think about Gotham?
1: Haven't watched the pilot yet, but I assume it's interesting if it's old-time Gotham settings and it's retro so, stylings and it's dark. Yeah, kind of it
0: is. It's cool. Um, so the way Gotham works is it is set in the time where Bruce Wayne's parents were killed. Yeah. So, yeah. So he meets uh, Gordon at that time. And it's really sad about Jim Gordon. I mean, this is this is his story. And so, interestingly enough, we see Catwoman. But the most interesting I mean, the, the characters are great. Um, the person who steals the show is uh, the guy who plays Penguin. Penguin is, is great. It, he's great. <laughs> Um we see penguin in his in his youth and it's a young penguin. Um it's it's really good. I love the, the um the sets are great, the um it's really lovely. Um it's I, I did not I was not sure I was gonna like it and I really found myself uh, liking it a lot. So um I might be writing about it. I have to kinda catch up uh with it I watched the pilot about a month ago and uh one thing that I love about Fox is they put yes Robin Lord Taylor as penguin um is fabulous just fabulous um, and uh I, I love that Fox they put their pilots up they put all their season premieres up ABC does the same thing so it's always uh nice to be able to easily get their stuff NBC is good too. You have to kind of ask though, so you have to email your contacts and say, "Hey, can you send me the premiere?" So, and HBO is is great because they don't they don't put see ABC and Fox put things up on the internet. You you have to have the and so does FX, but you have to have kind of the secret code which I have, um, but um, to see the the pot the the uh, screeners, but HBO and Cinemax send you DVDs so every time my my doorbell rings at like 10 o'clock in the morning and it's the the guy from FedEx or DHL it's like oh what has HBO sent me today so they've been sending me The Nick which is I don't know if, if you've been watching that or Katie you've been watching it um, The Nick is with Clive Owen and it takes place in New York at the turn of the century it's sort of house-ish um, but it is more than that. It is a really interesting social commentary story. Um, you get into the mix, really commentary on things like abortion, women's rights, racism, uh, anti-Semitism. Um, the whole idea of this the ghetto, the, the, the Irish ghetto, it's, it's mostly set in uh, an area where mostly everyone's Irish. That um, you have this—the Irish and the Italians and the Poles and the Jews and and uh, and and the, the African Americans, but the, the Blacks, sort of all living in these poor areas. And the Nick uh, is this hospital that serves them, and and it's really an interesting exploration. It's on Cinemax, and it premieres on Cinemax, and then it goes to HBO. So I've seen now, I think. I think it's an episode run of 10. Hang on a second. I got to check this out. Okay. How many many episodes? Um, Because uh, number of seasons, number of episodes. Don't know if it says how many episodes. Um, Episodes. Uh, I'm still here. I think there are 10 episodes total and I think I've seen them all now because I just, um, I just watched season one. Here we go. Season one. I love IMDb season one has uh, yes. It has 10 episodes. So I, today I saw the the season finale they're on episode I think five or six and airing and it really opens up into a really interesting season finale Uh, if it's a series finale great I think it's been renewed for a second season but I'm not 100% sure so I will have to check that out but I highly 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 recommend um, uh, that show Katie says I saw the pilot, I had free Cinemax a week, and it appeared, premiered, but yeah, it's really good. Not for the week of stomach, though. It is gruesome, the first episode, but it's not as gruesome, although it is, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of sex. Um, And Clive Owen is great. It's really hard to get used to. He's got, Clive Owen in his natural speaking voice has a very strong uh, London accent, and, um, uh, it's really odd hearing him with an American accent. Um, very odd, but you do get used to it. Um, same thing with, um, David Tennant in Broadchurch. Um, so I want to talk about Broadchurch. Uh, yes, the
1: primitive C-section. Yes. Um,
0: so I want to jump to Broadchurch. Uh, not Broadchurch. Ugh.
1: Ray finally
0: created my TV, TV list for me. <laughs> so great yeah, watch the Nick for sure. And if, and Ray Donovan is great um, um uh on showtime. Um it's either just ended, I can't remember if last year was the season finale or if the season finale is tonight. Um I think the season finale is tonight. That's why my uh T V is recording now because i can see my dvr is recording the little red light is on Um, ah
1: the wonders of the technology aids
0: the wonders of technology so i don't necessarily get showtime screeners because i haven't asked but um i want to talk about grace point which premieres in a couple of weeks um if did you uh, have taylor did you ever had you seen broad church the bbc show
1: No, i haven't seen the original version but the new version sounds interesting
0: If you have not seen Broadchurch, the BBC version, then Grace Point is going to be great. It is very odd, just like with listening to Clive Owen being American, listening to David Tennant be American. Um, But he does a great job with the accent. Um, And it's really good and intriguing. What I was disappointed about was um, uh, the show, and I haven't seen the finale, so I don't know It's it's about a uh, a man who kills a a little boy, Um, and they're looking for this man. That's what this series is about, and um, so I haven't seen the finale because Fox hasn't posted it in the screening room. Um, But um, it's so close; it holds so closely to Broadchurch that it's really hard to um, to watch it and not make that comparison. So Katie says, yeah, I can hear David Tennant's natural accent in the ads for Grace, for he almost gets it, but not quite. His accent slips from time to time on certain words, but for a guy who's got a very strong Scottish accent, he does the American accent pretty well. That's a, that's a hard jump to make. Um, Brits tend to do... Uh, there's some Brits that do an extraordinary job with a flat Midwestern accent. Hugh Laurie being one of them. Hugh Dancy does a great great job with it. Um, a lot of British actors can really do a good American accent. Um yeah, Katie, come on, join us. We're having a party. We're only on for 14 minutes left. Um so um but David Tennant slips a little bit. Clive Owen finally got it. I think the first couple of episodes of The Nick you could hear and you could buy it because it's because all these characters they're all immigrants, right? They're all either first or second generation or zero generation. They're immigrants themselves, or they're first generation Americans. So, uh, mostly Irish. So, you can pick up in Clive Owen's accent a little lilt of Irish. And he's got a very strong London accent, his natural voice. But it's a little bit of that Irish lilt to it. Um, so, um, he doesn't quite. And I don't know how New Yorkers sounded at the turn of the century, but or turn of the last century, but um, he gets it. And and as the series goes on, uh, Clive Owen's American accent gets much more confident. Uh, But the show is great, and the show gets better and better and better and better. Um, But Grace Point, I think, is worth a watch for sure. Um, What else? Um the strain, which is ending its its first season run um is also worth a watch um a, a weird crossover between a, a weird resonance between Grace Point and um the strain is one of the stars of the strain is the great British actor David Bradley, who was of course Walter Fry in um Game of Thrones um was in Harry Potter was in Hot Fuzz he's been in lots and lots of movies also was in Broadchurch playing uh, the elder an older man Um, and in The Strain he plays uh, Abraham Satrakian and I had the great good fortune about three weeks ago um, FX is amazing about setting up interviews with people and I had asked at Comic Con because I hadn't had a chance to talk to him um, whether it was possible to do a one-on-one with David Bradley And, of course, he had already gone back to the U.K. And a a couple weeks after, about about a couple weeks ago, about three weeks ago, I get an email from FX, one of the VPs of publicity, who said, how about Tuesday at noon, David Bradley? And I was like, and it was out of context, and I was like, what, who, what? Oh, my God, David Bradley, they've arranged an interview. So we did a Skype interview, and uh, I posted it up on Blog Critics. But he was in um, Broadchurch. And his character in Grace Point is played by Nick Nolte. So I asked, uh, I I mentioned that to David Bradley when I spoke to him. I said, you know, I've seen Grace Point and he's not seen it. So he asked me, well, well, how is it? I said, well, it's, it's very much like Broadchurch, except there's different people. So I said, your part is being played by Nick Nolte. And he sort of laughed and he says, I'm a huge fan of Nick Nolte. That's great. So in his very British accent, which I'm not going to do. But anyway, The Strain is good. It is freaky. It is. It's definitely scary. It is a monster movie. Um, But it's really, really well done. Um, And let's see. Good news from last. Well, the last time we talked, of course, Fargo has been renewed for season two. Yay.
1: True Detective.
0: And we have we have cast now for the next season of True Detective and I can't remember who they are. Um I'll have to look them up. And but it has been cast for oh Colin Farrell and who else? I can't remember who who else is in it. Um yes, Sitrakian oh yes, Katie. That's exactly so she says Ian is a real badass. And that's really funny because I really I said that to David Bradley. I said Your character, David, you know, Abraham Satrakian is just like such a badass with that, with that knife. And he's like, yeah, he says, um, and I asked him, I said, so what has been the most challenging? He's played all these things. And what is the most challenging role that he's played? And he says, well, this one and also the Doctor Who thing he did last year. Um, And uh, but he said, this has been a really exciting, interesting, challenging role to play because, A, because of working with Guillermo del Toro, but also because Satrakian is such a badass. Um, And he says he's having a great deal of fun with that, so told me that. Um, So we only have nine minutes left. What else should we talk about? What other shows um, are on my radar this year? Um, I'm not sure when Elementary premieres. There's a lot of stuff premiering over the next few weeks that I'm going to hopefully get caught up on. Before,
1: um, as a tatty, I'm, tra- I'm as a taffy I'm excited for CSI Cyber mainly because it's cyberistic, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm not a see. I'm not a big procedural person. I don't I don't really love procedurals. So, Neither do um, I. Elementary, I like because it's gotten much deeper into the character of Sherlock Holmes, um, which I like. Um, so, but I might check out. I, I'm not. I usually don't watch the CSIs. I have to confess. Um, so I, I, you know, I'll wait on that. Um, I am looking forward to The Dig, um, which is another Gideon Rath show, just like, uh, Tyrant. By the way, I watched, did, did either of you guys watch Tyrant on FX over the summer?
1: I, ha- re- I haven't it, yet.
0: It's been renewed for a second season. It is fabulous another fx show fx really hits them out of the ballpark um and i really uh have enjoyed them so tyrant takes place in a fictitious middle eastern country and it is part family drama part political drama part uh thriller um it is really really well done um, about a Middle Eastern country with a dictator, and the interplay between him, this dictator and his Amer his American emigre brother, who happens to come back to the, this country for a wedding, and um, <coughs> comes back for a wedding and ends up getting pulled in to all of this political turmoil in this uh, country. So it's really good if you can catch it. Um it has been renewed for another season. So there's a ton of stuff on the air right now. Um I keep telling I keep asking people I interview uh if they think this is really a golden age for T V because of the influence of um the influence of cable and the, the shorter seasons, you know, seasons that are eight or ten or eleven episodes are much more manageable to produce and to write well and to plot well. And which is one of the reasons that once upon a time has gone to these 11 episode mini seasons, because from a storytelling, yes, the Godfather in the Middle East, it's sort of that. Yeah. There's a lot of the Godfather in the Middle East, uh, Godfather two, maybe a little bit. Um, it is, and it's really well worth the watch. Um, So TV has really, really improved, Um, you know, really uh, been influenced by cable and even the networks, you know, with shows like Hannibal, um, with shows with high production values like Gotham. Um, I really think this is a a great golden age.
1: So I I agree. I'm
0: I'm really excited um, about the season to come. Um, Katie says, I wanted to watch Lawrence Fishburne's new show, but meh. Yeah, I watched that. I was re I actually watched the pilot of it last spring and, um, I just, yeah, I didn't quite, uh, quite like it, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he made it past the end. Maybe they can bring him back in Hannibal. Who knows if his show doesn't last for very long.
1: Um, you know, as a thought, I I, I only have broadcast now, so unless I did Hulu Plus, I'm able to enjoy the turntable sauce. Ah,
0: well, one, you know,
1: I've been
0: so intrigued by FX's stuff. Um, uh, oh, and, and, um, the Revolutionary War show. Um, okay, my mind is blanking now. I can't remember the name of the show. And I wrote about it all last spring.
1: Um,
0: And I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember the name of the show. Um, But um, one of the things that FX does is just churns out great show after great show. Um, AMC does that to a lesser degree, but they're not as patient. And I was watching a show that I watched a couple of years ago called Rubicon. And I was so devastated when Rubicon was not renewed for a second season. It was such a great show. I'm actually rewatching it. So it was one of the few shows on the air that I chose to write about every single week. And uh, I watched it again thinking, well, maybe I was just in, in thrall of it um, at the time. But I watched it again over the summer. A Turn, thank you very much. I knew it started with I a I was going to
1: say turn, but I was waiting for an opening.
0: Turn, Turn. Um, Turn's been renewed for a new season. I enjoyed it immensely. So, uh, again, that's another show, and that was on AMC. Um, lots of good stuff. By the way, on PBS, uh, Wednesdays on PBS, there is, if you like nature stuff, um, I was pulled into, I I, I happen to be on my DVR, uh, Penguins, a three-part nature special on PBS. Um, about penguins and it is narrated by David Tennant Uh, maybe that's why it was on my DVR because I automatically record anything that he's in which gets troublesome when it starts recording all the Doctor Who stuff and it completely fills up my DVR but that's beside the point Um, it is it was on my DVR and it was a pleasant surprise because I happen to love penguins And it is definitely catch it. You can catch it on demand. The first episode, the second episode airs Monday and or sorry, Wednesday. Now, one of the things that I've not watched because I did not watch Once Upon a Time Tonight because I watched it on the screener is I didn't watch the coming attractions for next week's show. So I don't have any idea what's going to happen next week. Katie, did you have you seen it yet? And can you tell me, because I know, Car- uh, Taylor, you've not seen it because you're on the West Coast. But yeah. um, uh, Katie's typing, typing furiously. Tell me what the scenes for next week said of next week's Once Upon a Time. See, I'm not uninterested. Wanna... I'm not un- disinterested in the show. I want to be, I, this is what I'm going to close with. I want very much to be proven wrong with Once One... Upon a Time.
1: One I totally did. One last question, yeah. though. Yes. As as a once-a-time upon a Time viewer, what should I watch about this episode? What makes me want to watch this episode?
0: What makes you want to Oh, what makes you want to watch this episode? Uh yeah. Regina. Regina. Regina, so
1: Regina and the mirror. is back in fine form.
0: Yeah, Regina and the mirror, Regina and her her final uh, t- her test. She's tested. Um whether she's going to give up her evil ways or not. So yes, watch it for Regina. Um, you know, and people would be surprised because they would think of my saying, watch it for the rum stuff. And that was really nice. And it was really sweet. But I think the real heart of the once upon a time show, once upon a time episode is really Regina this week. Yeah. Um, as much as I like rumple um, uh, and I love, the scenes, um, that's really not where the heart of the show was tonight. And, um, which is fine. Um, so I'm curious to see what's going to be on next week's show. So I am going, we've got less than a minute to go, and I. it's been fun talking to Taylor
1: again, and Katie Thank and talking to you. I hope to be on it so soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, Come on, uh, come on over next week. We're going to go back to our normal broadcast time, which is going to be Uh, Our new day in time is going to be Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Central Time. So right here on Blog Talk Radio. So good night and thank you very much. And I'll see you next Tuesday night, a week from Tuesday, right here at 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio and on the blog, sorry, Blog Critics radio network. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Katie.